Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Life Church in Perry, Georgia. How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody's doing good, staying healthy, enjoying this weather. I just tell you, I love this time of the year. I love this weather. Uh, wake up, it's a little little cool, not, not uh, cold, but a little cool. And uh, throughout the day, you know, I can handle temperatures in the, the upper 70s and, and lower 80s. Uh, so uh, it, it is uh, nice here in central Georgia uh, with the weather, and I hope that uh, you're enjoying it and uh, that the Lord is blessing you mightily. Uh, I want to jump right into this this morning. Uh, I say this morning, I don't know when you're listening to this, but uh, um, hopefully you're, uh, you're up, you're in your word, and you're spending time with prayer. But let's go to Romans chapter 10. We're going to finish off Romans chapter 10 today. We're going to uh, try to make some headway, uh, get Romans done. Uh, again, I never thought it would last this long, but we definitely want to get it done before the end of the year. So Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse number 14, uh, we're going to go through the end of the chapter. Uh, we started looking at chapter 10 last week, and we discussed a lot of Old Testament. As Paul often does, he, he takes the Jews back to what they're familiar with. Uh, he understands that you know they, they're still struggling with this whole concept of salvation by grace. And so he takes them back to uh, the Old Testament to, to show them where the prophets, where Moses, where Isaiah, where others uh, mentioned about the coming Messiah. They mentioned about this, this, uh, this how we need to be, uh, have faith in God. We need to believe that God's sending us a Redeemer. And then what, that would, what that's going to look like in their time frame. Uh, as I mentioned at the end of last week, the thrust of these verses is an appeal. It's an appeal to the Jews to forsake the road of legalism and, the, and to walk in the way of mercy. Uh, I left you with this last time, uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 32. Paul quotes this, And it shall come to pass that whoever, Jew or Gentile, black, white, Hispanic, uh, North American, South American, African, Asian, whatever, okay? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. So as we pick up in verse 14, and I give you Joel just to, to kind of, uh, that, that was the segue between where I left you last week and into this week. So in verse 14, Romans 10, 14, it says, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, get this again. So Joel says, prophesying forward, Old Testament, get, looking forward, he says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul then asked the question, how then shall they call? See, here we have the heartbeat of the Christian mission. Such a gospel uh, prepositious, uh, <laughs> that, that was bad. Such a gospel presupposes a universal proclamation. Okay, big words. This is what salvation offered to the Jews and to the Gentiles if they had never heard about it, okay? This is what it means to all people. 
Paul delivers three hows. These are three hows that, that we all need to take into account. Paul says, how shall they call? How shall they believe? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, th this word preacher, uh, I've shared this before, is the word proclaimer. Okay, we'll, we'll look at that a little bit more. But I don't want you to get so fixed on preacher or pastor. I want you to get fixed on proclaimer. So how shall they call? How shall they believe? And how shall they hear without a proclaimer? Joel says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul says, how shall they call on whom they have not yet believed. The Apostle Paul goes back over the steps that lead to the salvation of the Jews and the Gentiles. Perhaps it will be clear if we look at this in reverse, because this is the way that it needs to take uh, take place. Remember, I said this, this is, this is the heartbeat of the Christian mission. A, God sends out His servants. He sends out his servants, not just his pastors, but those that have made Jesus Christ Lord of their life. He sends out his servants. What do they do? They preach the good news of salvation. They proclaim the good news. They share their testimony and tell others about Jesus. Thirdly, the sinners hear God's offer of life in Christ. When, we, when we're sent out and we're proclaiming, you're sent to your workplace, you're, you're sent to family members, uh, you're sent wherever you're at. You may be on vacation and, and you're talking about the Lord. You're proclaiming the good news. People hear this good news. They, they ask you questions and they receive, they hear God's uh, offer of life in Christ. Some of those who hear believe the message. Those who believe will then call on the name of the Lord, and those who call on Him are saved. See, Paul points out that the responsibility is that of the church to spread the word to everyone. He already said that the word is near in verse 8. He, he already has shown us in chapters 1 and 2 that even pagan Gentiles who had not heard the written word did have the unwritten revelation of God in creation in their consciousness. You can see this in Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 16. But I've shared this before, I've ministered on this before, that, that everyone has been given a measure of faith. John chapter 3, Jesus talks about this. We've all been given this measure. We've all been given a, a measure of the Spirit of God, uh, or He gives the Spirit rather without measure. Uh, the, and so we know that during creation, God breathed into man's nostrils, man became a living being. He, when he breathed into our nostrils, he didn't breathe into our mouth, into the man's lungs. He breathed into his nose. That got into his, his brain, his mind, his will, his emotions. Every person on earth, they may deny it, but everybody knows there is something greater. There's, there is someone greater. There is a creator. There may be atheists. There may be agnostics. There may be Scientologists. But all have to declare that there is something greater. And what they need is they need us to minister to them about Jesus so that they can hear and so that they can believe. The only way that anyone can ever find salvation is to hear the word of God. Scripture indicates that a person who does not have the Bible but walks in all the light 
has and will be given more light. Uh, an example of this is found in, in Abraham, in Ruth and Rahab, in, in the Ethiopian eunuch that Philip went to, and even in Cornelius that, that Peter went to. Think about these people, and just real quickly, you think about Abraham. Abraham did not have the Bible. He didn't have the Torah, but he, he had the light of the gospel. He, God spoke to him and sent him out, and he walked by faith. We had uh, Ruth, Ruth, who was uh, also from a, a pagan uh, 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 a nation that worshiped false gods, but yet Ruth had faith and she went back and she told her mother-in-law, she said, I want, to, I want to live for your God and I want to live amongst your people. She had faith. You had Rahab that when Joshua goes into Jericho, she said, listen, I've seen what your God has done and I therefore believe. You, you have the Ethiopian eunuch that is going down the path and Philip comes up to him and he's reading Isaiah. He said, how can I possibly believe what I'm uh, reading? How can I understand this? So Philip stops and, and explains it to him. And then you have Cornelius who also, he didn't have the Bible. He was, a, he was a Roman and yet Peter comes in and explains Christ to him and Cornelius and all of his family got saved. Listen, there are people out there that are looking for more. They understand that there is more out there. They are desiring more. And we have the answer. We have the word of life. We have the Bible in us. That's why it's important to be equipped with the word of God. If we could see God's agenda in heaven, we would see that he has someone in mind to take the good news to every unreached person. You may be that person. You are on God's agenda to reach people that I will never reach. The Great Commission, we all know the Great Commission, and, and you can say it in many different ways, but the Great Commission is going to all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature that, that, that they would believe and they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We find this Great Commission recorded five times. It's very important. Matthew 28, 19. Mark 16, 15, Luke 24, 47 through 49, John chapter 20, verses 21 and 23, and Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, 8, he says, he says, you need to wait until you're endued with power from on high so that you can go out and you can declare this good news. Jesus made it emphatically clear that the responsibility for taking the good news of salvation rests on his followers. The responsibility of each human being to God in no way lessens the responsibility of every Christian to do his or her part in taking the gospel to all creation. Listen, every, every one of us have a responsibility uh, to, to, to God. We, we have a responsibility to, to call upon Him. We have a response. But how can we call if we don't believe? So that's where it, the responsibility for the Christian kicks in is that we need to take this gospel to everybody. Nowhere in Romans is this set forth more plainly than in the Jewish section of the letter, which is where we're at right here in Romans chapter 10. But faith or belief in the gospel depends on hearing it. And this requires preaching, and preaching requires proclaimers. They can be pastors, evangelists, and missionaries carrying the good news to all parts of the world, but they can also just be those of us that believe, those of us that are bankers, those of us that are teachers, those of us that are factory workers, that believe in Jesus and want to share our faith with others. Romans 10, 15 says, How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, 
How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. God is the one who sins. We are the ones who are sent. What are we doing about it? Do we have beautiful feet, which Isaiah ascribed to him who brought glad tidings of good things? Listen to Isaiah 52 verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Notice what the Apostle Paul does here. In Isaiah 52, it says, are the feet of him. The him right here in Isaiah 52 that he's talking about is the Lord. How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news. This is the Lord Jesus. But in verse 15, Paul says this, How beautiful are the feet of those. These are the ones that do the proclaiming of the gospel. How beautiful are the feet of the church, of the Christian. God has given us the responsibility and the privilege to go with beautiful feet to a lost and dying world. Romans 10, 16 says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? See, Paul's ever-present grief is that the people of Israel did not listen to the gospel. Isaiah had prophesied as much when he, we, he asked, Lord, who has believed our report? This is, he's prophesying. He's declaring. Lord, where are these people at who have believed? Look at Isaiah 53.1. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? See, the question calls for the answer. Not many. Not many have believed. When the announcement of the Messiah was heralded uh, at his birth, when, when the angels came to, to the shepherds in the field and they began to declare and they began to herald the word of God, not many responded. Evangelization is purposeless to those who believe that salvation comes by election with no decision mean, being made by the elected. We can't just assume those that say that there's predestination, that God has already chosen, that, that's a lie. And I've, I know I've said that many, many times, but I need you to understand this, that it's imperative, it's important, it is vital that we continue to declare the Word of God. The Word of God clearly teaches that man has a free will and man must choose. Free will and faith are involved in receiving God's saving grace. Man's will must respond to God's will. Those who believe are the chosen, but God never crosses the threshold of human will unless he's invited. I shared that with you a few weeks ago. God will never cross the threshold of human will unless he is invited. God has given us a free will. He's not going to come over that free will unless he's invited to do so. So as a result, some have not obeyed the gospel. If salvation comes to all who call on the Lord, then it's imperative that all hear so they can come to whom, to whom they've called. Romans 10, 17. 
So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. While emphasis is placed on preaching, let it never be forgotten that the preaching of the gospel is not the exclusive responsibility of clergy. Acts 8, 4 says, Therefore, those who are scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Listen, there were only 12 that he called to himself. One of those uh, betrayed him, so then it was 11. But it was on the day of Pentecost that 3,000 got saved, and then after that, there were 5,000 that came to a saving knowledge. It was these people that were scattered and went everywhere proclaiming. They were not all pastors, preachers, evangelists, apostles. They, they were just they were people that were born again that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. With regard to the question of hearing, salvation is not imparted, uh, parted apart from the Word of God. Salvation is not imparted apart from the Word of God. And with regard to believing, lost men cannot call without believing. Here's where faith enters in. Faith comes to men when they hear our preaching, our proclaiming concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, which is based, of course, on the written Word of God. You share your testimony. You may not have a bunch of Scripture memorized, but what you're doing is you're telling people what the Word has already done in your heart. So you need to understand it's all based on the written Word of God, but hearing with ears is not enough. A person must hear with an open heart and an open mind, willing to be shown the truth of God. If a person does this, if they have an open mind and open heart, he will find that the Word has the ring of truth and that the truth is self-authenticating. Then this person will believe. You ever just shared your testimony with someone, told somebody what God has done in your life, shared a passage of Scripture within that God uh, stored in your heart that comes out of your mouth, and the person looks at you and they have that aha moment. Like, I knew there had to be something. I knew that there was... It, it should be clear, of course, that the hearing alluded to in this verse does not involve the ears exclusively. The message may be read, for example, so, so that the hear means to receive the word by whatever means necessary. Listen, people can be reading a book, people can be reading your testimony, people can, um, that you may be writing a letter to family, and, and they get it. The revelation, the light bulb goes off, and they, they understand, okay? So, so again, in verse number seven, where he says, therefore, those who are scattered with every, or I'm sorry, that was accent. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. People's faith is built up. People's faith is built up. When they hear us talking about what the Lord has done in our lives, and it bears witness with the word of God. So even though they're not reading the word of God, even though we may not be preaching to them specifically, that hearing can come through our testimony, whether it's spoken or whether it's written. Romans 10, 18 says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. So what then has been the problem? Haven't both Jews and Gentiles heard the gospel preached? Yes, indeed. Paul borrows the words of Psalm 19.4 to show that this word has went out. 
Psalm 19, 4 says, Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. <laughs> now, surprisingly, you know, again, if we look at Psalm 19, 4, surprisingly, Psalm 19 is not speaking of the gospel, obviously, because the gospel had not been written. David is talking about this. Rather, it describes the universal witness of the sun, moon, stars to the glory of God. But as we have said, Paul uses them and says, in fact, that they are equally true of the worldwide proclamation of the gospel in this day. So by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, the Apostle Paul often takes the Old Testament passages and applies them in a unique and quite different way. But understand this, Paul's not changing the word. He's not He's not. Um, He's not doing something that is wrong. It's the same Holy Spirit who originally gave the word in Psalms that is now giving it to Paul to rightly apply them as he's writing this letter to the Jews that are in Rome. People often, and, and, and as I go through my studies, and right now I'm taking a class on hermeneutics, and hermeneutics is how we study the Bible. And there are many scholars out there. There are people who go to Baptist seminaries. There are people that go to Lutheran seminaries. There are people that go to uh, Catholic schools. And there are people that go to Pentecostal schools. There are many different ways in which we can uh, read the Bible. We can understand. There are many different scholars and things that have been written. Martin Luther, uh, he, that's where we get our Lutheran faith. And then you get uh, the the, the Catholic Church that came out of the Roman faith, you get all of these things. And then we have a Sousa Street in, in which in this nation, the Pentecostal movement, the, the Assemblies of God was birthed. And so we all study things through a different lens. We're not changing the word. It's just the way in which we understand that word. Paul does this here with Psalm 19. He had studied the scriptures. He had knew the law and the prophets. He had knew Psalms, but he's looking at Psalm 19 and 4 as the psalmist says, listen, look at, look, look at the sun and the moon and the stars. Look at all these things that God has created. And what I'm telling you is the same gospel, the same God that, that created the sun, moon, and stars is the same God that created Jesus in this gospel, which I now preach to you, that you must believe and call upon the name of the Lord. Romans 10 19 says, but I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. Now the apostle Paul is quoting Deuteronomy 32 21. Deuteronomy 32 21 says, they have provoked me to jealousy, but what is not God? By what is not God? I'm sorry. They have moved me to anger, but they're foolish by their foolish idols. But I will provoke them to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move them to anger by a foolish nation. Let me read this again. I, I kind of they have provoked me to stomp my God to jealousy by what is not God. Okay? They're making false idols. They're creating golden calves. They're, they're doing all these things, setting up all these things. Then he says, they have moved me to anger by their foolish idols. But I will provoke them to jealousy by those who are not a nation. So now he's talking about the, the Gentiles. And he says, I will move them to anger by a foolish nation. So he's going to move the Jews. He's already prophesying. I'm going to move the Jews to jealousy. I'm going to provoke them 
by allowing the Gentile nation to come in. Paul reminds unbelieving Jews that their mental assent was not enough. There are two kinds of hearing, physical and spiritual. Hearing with a receptive heart produces faith, but if you don't have that kind of faith, all it does is just harden your heart. The call of the Gentile and the rejection of the gospel by the majority of the Jews should not come as a surprise to the nation of Israel. Their own scriptures foretold exactly what would happen. Romans 10.20 says, But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. Throughout this section, Paul had been driving home to the Jews their responsibility. They should have known better. They, they had every chance to know, but they rejected God's appeal. Of all the people, they should have understood. Even though Moses and Isaiah had foretold of the salvation of the Gentiles, with Isaiah even, even, foretell, even foretelling Israel's opposition to the action. Isaiah foretold, he prophesied that they would oppose this. The Jews persisted in the rejection of salvation provided by faith in Christ. In even bolder language, Paul quotes Isaiah 65.1. Isaiah 65.1 says, I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that was called by my name. So he's talking to the children of Israel. He said, I was sought by those who did not ask for me. This is the Gentiles. It, it, he's taken as a whole that the Gentiles did not seek after God, that they were satisfied with their pagan religions, but many of them responded when they heard the gospel. Again, I think I shared this with you last week. When the Gentiles came asking to see Jesus, they had heard. It was Gentile kings who had read and saw a star in the sky and they followed this star. Where were the Israelites? Where were the chosen people? Where were the Jews? See, relatively speaking, the Gentiles responded more than the Jews did to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 10.21 says, But to Israel, he says, All day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Against this picture of the Gentiles flocking to, to the Lord Jehovah, Isaiah portrays the Lord standing all day long with outstretched, beckoning hands to the nation of Israel and being met with disobedience and stubborn refusal. How many of you have ever seen those pictures that people have drawn uh, of Jesus standing there with His hands stretched out, waiting for His people to return? Jew and Gentile. God's outstretched arms are the indication of His great love and mercy. The fact that they are totally rejected indicates how hard and cantankerous were the hearts of the Jewish people. The Jews had been chosen to be God's primary messengers when as a nation they rejected their Messiah and they lost their place. Listen, God didn't, God didn't put Gentiles, God didn't put the United States of America over the top of the Jews. They are still God's chosen people, but we were now grafted in. He said, because they have turned their back, He said, I'm going to open up this gospel. That was His plan all along. 
The teaching that God sovereignly declared that some men reject him is shown to be utterly false. If he had predetermined that Israel rejected him, he surely would have not pleaded with them to return to him. He would have just let them go without any, any poignant reading that we, we have in the Bible such as the prophets of Hosea, Jeremiah, and Isaiah that are constantly crying out and pleading with and urging the Jewish people to come back. So we understand that, that God did not forsake the Jewish people. He's pleading with them to come back. But in the same token, He's opening a door to the Gentile people and He's calling and He's saying, Go out, share this word. Those that have beautiful feet, the church, my church, my church that I established, from those who believe in Christ Jesus, go and declare this good news to all creation. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into our path. Lead, guide, and direct us, Lord, that everything that we say and do will be done as unto the Lord, pleasing in your sight. Help us, Father God, to declare this word to all people that we come in contact with. Write letters to people that we may not have opportunity to speak to. With technology of texting, Facebooking, Twitter, whatever, let's post the Word of God that people will come to this saving knowledge. And Father, we give You the praise, the glory, and the honor for calling us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. If you do not have a home church, we would love for you to visit us here at Life Church, 100 Todd Road in Perry, Georgia.